Hey Rope Droppers, we want to thank our amazing sponsor, the Rope Drop Queen herself, Michelle McKnight. She's an independent travel agent affiliated with MEI Travel and Mouse Fan Travel. We have used her on a number of vacations and can't speak highly enough of her services. If you are thinking about a Disney vacation, she's the one to talk to. Her services are completely free. Disney pays her after you travel. And she is a wealth of knowledge that has saved us a lot of time and money. So check her out on Facebook at Rope Drop Queen or email her at michelle.mcknight at mei-travel.com. Now, on to the show. Helping you navigate the Disney parks. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. You're listening to Rope Drop Radio. Welcome to another Rope Drop Radio. Derek and Doug talking all things Disney. And Doug, we have a very special guest on this week's episode. But before, we need to keep up to dates with these iTunes reviews. I keep seeing that number go up. Apple Podcasts. I'm going to do it wrong for the next three and a half years, I'm sure. But those numbers keep going up. So thank you guys who are clicking that, leaving reviews. Uh, That means the world to us and helps us get a little more SEO. But Doug, where are we at tonight? You just throw SEO around like everybody knows what that means. Search engine optimization. It's what I do for a living in marketing. So yes, I'm I'm just a, a simple dentist. I don't understand such comical things oh not comical technical technically comical i don't know anyway to the review helpful info by across land i think that's all one word that's got to be how it's said itunes usernames are my downfall in life right all right since i booked our trip i've become a disney information junkie i've listened to several disney podcasts and rope drop radio is my number one The hosts are funny, easy to listen to, and the information is clear. I know I'll be prepared for our trip when it comes time, thanks to the podcast. Thanks. Their favorite. And our information is clear. Clear. That's I uh, like that. I I like that as well. That's interesting. We try. Sometimes I don't even know what we're talking about. We're just going back and forth and we get off topic. There's a lot of rambling. We do get off topic, we do ramble, but I feel like the off topic is sometimes where the best topic is found. I agree. I like it. So one topic that a lot of people, uh, I like that, the lost and found. I see where you went with that. I didn't pick up on it then, but we are talking today with a very special guest. So we might talk about what happens when you lose a child and have to find them at Walt Disney World. But today we have the co-author of the unofficial guide to Walt Disney World with kids, Lillian Opsummer. Welcome to Rope Drop Radio. Well, hello to both of you, Derek, and um, thank you very much to, and Doug, and thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, we are very excited to have you here and to chat with you about your the book, The Walt Disney World Guide, the unofficial Walt Disney World Guide. I left out a very key word, but you know, we've talked about the big book before. We've talked about the universal book. Now it's time to talk about kids, which you'd think we would have started there, Derek, since we have children and we travel with children, but I feel like we're doing this backwards, but here we are. We learn from mistakes. We've shared a lot of our mistakes on the show. We probably should have maybe read the book a little bit more thoroughly. That's right. Instead of skimmed. I don't really, for the regular listeners, they know reading is not something I do a lot of, right? I'm a Cliff Notes guy, or I give it to my oldest daughter and tell her to read it, and then she gives me the Cliff Notes, so... There we go. There's as, my background. As long as you read those dentist textbooks, because you are my I dentist did. and my kid's dentist, too. I did all okay. my reading then. Then I'm we're dust. okay. We're good. Yeah. 
So that was a really long interlude to our first question. <laughs> Sorry, Lillian. <laughs> See those tangents, Derek? They already happened. So we're curious, how long have you been writing the book and how did you get into doing this? Well, the very first edition came out in 2007. And um, it actually came about by me meeting the co-author, Bob Salinger, who is also the founder of the entire Unofficial Guide series. Um, I met him actually quite some years before the first book came out um, through the Society of American Travel Writers, of which we are both members. And so we would meet at conventions and one year he said to me, well, you know, I have this idea and would you like to work with me on the unofficial guide to Walt Disney World with kids? And you know, I thought about it, eventually went down to Birmingham where um, the um, unofficial guides are based, uh, met the editors and um, did sign a contract. And then I went back to New York thinking, this is so good. Ten minutes later, why did I ever sign this? Oh, this is wonderful. This is going to be so great. And then, you know, back and forth, back and forth, and eventually sat down and um, worked on that book, uh, which then came out in 2007. Uh, it um, has been published ever since, every year. So um, come March, this is the time where I'm what I would call grounded. So we ground with by talking about kids that get grounded. I get grounded in March all the way through my deadline, probably, yeah, mid mid May, end of May, and then again with revisions once more um, till July. And then the book goes to the printer and I'm um, relieved for a few months. But it's really a never ending job because you both know that um, Disney and Universal because the kids book talks a little bit about the other parks too um, they just love to bring something out every other day especially once the book is at the printer hopefully there's a lot of research involved like going down to Walt Disney World and having to experience everything I do I've, I've come quite a lot so um, I, I do still I would say probably four four times a year um, that I come down to to Disney. Uh, I still have to meet the very elusive Derek, um, <laughs> who I I really I love I love what you do. So, um, but but yes, I, I come down four times a year at least. My next visit is actually scheduled for early December, right after Thanksgiving. That's a oh, good time excellent. to go. Rise of the Resistance with kids. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. be but I'm a big have. Star Wars fan. I would go anyway. Oh, excellent. <laughs> Were you a, a big Disney fan before getting into the books? Yes. I actually bought Bob's big book when my son was three years old. And we decided then to go to our first trip down to Orlando. I actually bought two books, the big book and the burn brown book because it looks so cute with the pictures mm. and it was very useless so <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's all sunshine and everything's great right it is and it's, it's the just company a lot line of, you know pictures that that come yeah. straight off uh, the disney pr side usually <laughs> so um 
I used the book and had a very good experience. Had a big fight with my husband in the parking lot at Walt Disney World. And once well, I, mean, who has I, it? I was going to say, everyone fights with their spouse. <laughs> I, I basically told him, why did I go through this whole book and plan this while you are changing what I want to do? Oh, those husbands getting in the way. The yeah. yeah, they didn't well, read the book. Uh, he didn't read the book. That's for sure. He didn't read the book. Uh, so, yes, I did. Uh, I was a fan. I always have been and did visit before. So. Wonderful. Awesome. Well, so you have some experience, and a lot of our listeners are probably wondering what it's like to take kids to Walt Disney World. Some of them may have done it before. Some of them, they might be listening to this episode thinking about, am I going to undertake that? So what are some of the first basic considerations you look at with taking kids to Walt Disney World? Well, I think the first question that any parent should ask themselves is, for whom am I doing this trip? Oh, that's a good one. Oh, yeah, you got <laughs> Is it for me and for the photos? Or is it really because the kids have asked for it? Which very often is really not the case. So that is the basic question. The next question should be, does everybody in my family care about visiting Disney? And if that is not uh, um, the case, then there is already a problem, especially if your spouse or one of the kids is really not into theme parks. Um, so, so I would say that you have to do that. And then the next thing is, obviously, when it comes to children, is to look at the age. How old are your children and what can you do with them? So, so, so that's really basic. Um, for me to, to decide if a Disney trip is good um, for a family. Yeah, I like the question of who is the trip for because there's a lot of times the parents are planning this trip thinking it's for the kids, but it's really not for the kids. And they, they have a mixed message in their planning. So that's a really, yes. really good way You to have to be really strong, um, I think, um, to give you an example, my first trip that wasn't planned with my own book, but with the big book, um, my son was very young. He was three years old. Um, but I was also very much aware that he needed his sleep. He needed to do things in a more um, calm way. And the big thing to do was he wanted to see Cinderella. So at the time, Cinderella would still meet without you having to um, pay an exorbitant amount of money to go and eat with her. And I stood in line like most good moms do and waited and waited. And by the time it was my turn, he was sound asleep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was the dilemma. What am I going to do? I did not wake him up, but I did talk to Cinderella. And she actually came up with the solution. She said, when you go to the parade at 3 o'clock, you're just going to tell him, that I didn't want to wake him up, but that I remember him and that I would be waving. So obviously, we don't know who was waving at us. Let's leave it at that. But when he woke up, I told him the story. He didn't cry. We went to the parade. And when she came by, he screamed all enthusiastically. She remembers me. She remembers me. Look, mommy, she's waving at me. So I think you have to be strong. If I had 
grabbed him out of his stroller, forced that picture, I think it wouldn't have been a nice experience. So I don't have a picture with Cinderella and a three-year-old, but I have very good memories. Yeah, taking nice. a nap in the stroller, that's one that uh, I've had to deal with lately. And it's its one where I realize I have to sacrifice maybe doing an attraction and I have to live mm-hmm. realistically. It's like, okay, I'm not going to wake up the child from the stroller. I'll just walk around World Showcase while my wife takes the other kid or the other two kids on different things. And so I think as a parent, you have to realize you might miss some of the things you want to do. And oh, you definitely will. And in that case, sense. you go with Doug and I in June, and we'll do all the fun mm-hmm. things. Though Doug does yeah. still need a nap like most three I do ones. need a nap, yes. <laughs> I don't fit in the strollers anymore as well as I used to, but I can make it work in the doubles, kind of curl up just a little bit. Yeah. Well, well um, quite, quite frankly, grown-ups are mostly not aware either as to how much walking and how oh, yeah. tiresome the parks can be, especially in the heat. And yes, they do need a nap. Otherwise, yeah. they do get cranky too. I don't normally walk 10 miles a day. So <laughs> a nap is needed. And so I, my, my motto is rope drop to nap time. And I think I was true to that on my last trip, Derek. Every day I had a nap. I'm proud. So great. You should be. You, you will push on through any kind of tantrum. That's in true. My arc. Uh, we are believers in the naps. We don't do the pool very often because I feel like my kids are even crabbier after the pool. I don't know why, but that's just us. I think there's a good explanation for the pool yeah. crabbiness. Mm-hmm. Research shows us that what most children remember, what is the big number one item on their list when they talk about their memories of a visit to Walt Disney World? The pool. The pool. The pool. Oh. Yeah. My Man, so you are basically telling them to get out of what they are the enjoying a lot. <laughs> you know, why do you think that everybody, all the little ones especially, are running to Casey's Circus and yeah. you know, they get all wet and they just love it? Or even at Epcot, anything that has water is just such an attraction. The best ride cannot outdo that. It's true. It'd be like my kids telling my wife she has to leave in the middle of Voices of Liberty. (laughs) Taking her away from her favorite thing, right? Anytime you tell them they have to get out of the pool, because you say like five minutes and then another five minutes Mm -hmm. and then another five minutes. It's like, okay, the sunscreen's worn off. Let's go. So um, now one page or so in the book I saw that caught my eye was word of advice for grandparents. Yeah. What type of advice do you have for grandparents? (laughs) Well, um, I mean, it's one thing to be tired when you're a parent and you're running around ragged all day long, keeping your little troop together. But um, just add a few years to that and grandparents um, will be very surprised (laughs) to realize that they can't do those things anymore the way they used to do it before. And um, I think sometimes... Um, the other, the other very good question is, is um, are the children going to listen to grandma and grandpa uh, traveling? I mean, they usually have a very different relationship. I mean, I personally uh, am slowly, slowly reaching that age that um, hopefully I will become a grandmother at some point. And um, you know, my plan is 
enjoy the grandkid and when it starts crying you give it back (laughs) (laughs) so uh, however this doesn't work when you take grandchild to disney and you don't have nobody with you so again this paired with the physical um with the fact that it's really just more difficult to walk around 10 miles when you are in your 70s um or you know take the heat um in addition to kids who really have at times an unlimited amount of energy or so it seems um, that's why i think grandparents should really think about that and certainly think about how many grandchildren at once they take no that's uh that's really good point i don't know when i'm a grandparent i'm thinking i'm gonna be about the same speed as most three-year-olds so it might (laughs) equal out a little bit Definitely the same height. I don't know. I'm still same I think, height, I, I think yeah. I'm shrinking. So by the time I'm a grandpa, I'd be, I'll be, I'll be shorter. But uh, I'm gonna run back to uh, the resorts real quick because mm-hmm. one question that we do get quite a bit is with kids, how do you choose the right resort and how do uh, and and you talk about the pools being the number one thing that might make hey maybe we should stay at a value. My daughter still talks about all star sports because of the pool. And here I am like, I love oh, the sport I sports. love it. So how do how do kids impact the trip with the staying on property? Well, staying on property obviously has the advantage of most of the time being able to commute back and forth much quicker. Uh, and yes, the pool, all the Disney pools are fabulous. So the only restriction I would kind of see there and that I would warn parents to do If you go with your kids and choose according to which resort has the most fabulous pool, try not to start with the Grand Floridian because the children will remember the difference. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, they'll be happy with Out of Animation, which is an adorable pool. I mean, you can listen to me. The music underwater, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but they will also not see the huge difference, even if you stay off property. There's some really nice resorts, um, Disney Springs, all the neighborhood resorts. Um, They are not as themed uh, as, um, as the Disney resorts, but... It's a pool, all right, and it has a waterfall or a slide, and kids would be happy. The other thing I think to remember is that um, sometimes less theming for the resort might be a good idea to kind of calm down after you come back from um, the theme parks. I personally, that's why I like Old Key West, for example. It has this feeling of... Exactly that, a beach resort where it's calm, quiet, you have the river, you can take the boat to go to Disney Springs. So that's a more upscale resort. And yes, they have a nice pool, but it's not yet, you know, the total crazy upscale um, Mad Hatter. You can't hear, (laughs) and you can't hear Chef Mickey starting at 630 in the morning with the music. Well, that is another good point you are making. So if money is not an issue, the last thing I would do is the Polynesian. The cabanas on the The cabana, of course. Don't do that. 10,000 a night type of place. Yeah, sounds great. boat that starts in the morning, meep, meep. And then if you're lucky, you're in the season where the last boat is happily touting away around 2 a.m. in the morning. 
you will get oh. very little sleep. It's it's a lot of noise. I mean, they are beautiful, but um, I don't think that that would be. Plus, I mean, that is, again, a whole different uh, aspect for a family. I personally would be way too worried to have a child so close to water. It would be permanent supervision. and ugh, <laughs> That would make me nervous. You know, he's going on the deck and then, oops, one moment you see them, then you don't. So do you have a few favorite resorts that you recommend for families? Well, as I said, um, from the medium resorts, I actually like all QS because it has this calm and quiet atmosphere when you come back from the parks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do like uh, the old star movie for the value resort. And I hesitate to say art of animation for value resort because it really isn't the value resort anymore. Mm-hmm. It is way more expensive than the old stars. So, um, but art of animation is is really the coolest thing ever for kids to to experience oversized uh, everything mm-hmm. <laughs> from their favorite movies and and have quite some neat pools. So, from the upscale resorts, I probably I really don't know. I think that's very different. I. Mm-hmm. It depends. If you like the animals, then you would go to obviously uh, to the Animal Kingdom Lodge. But yeah, um, that that is a nice plus. You could the kids could sit on the balcony for hours just looking at giraffes. Right, and which... uh, you know it has nice pools. It has two different locations, so you can change it up. There are all kind of free tours. So if money is not an issue, it, there's a lot to do for families with kids. So. Yeah, because Disney is not cheap by any means. So, no, it is actually getting more and more expensive. So it's because so many people are listening to this show, Doug, and then booking mm-hmm. trips that Disney's noticing and yeah, they, they raising can't. all the rep- prices. The, the demand is there. It's our fault. Um, yeah, it's clearly on us. So <laughs> now that we have a place to stay, let's talk about what we're gonna eat. Ooh, Doug talk about loves dining. food. <laughs> I I do. I how do you not love food? So. What are some of your favorite dining tips when planning out your trip? All right. When we're talking about tip, I think the first thing is similar to the question, what is the most important part of deciding to go or not to go? So when it comes to food, it's not the right moment to impose healthy food for everybody. It's not working. I mean, That's a great answer. <laughs> yes, I, love I that. agree. It just doesn't work. It's also not the moment to do the opposite and go, um, oh, yeah, we are going to go just to culinary specialities. Uh, kids, unless they are a certain age, they have no patience whatsoever for that. And it's a waste of your money and a waste of time. So, um, what do they all love when, when it comes down to um, restaurants? Children really like characters, character meals. And there, I would say, um, the good side about that, except for the price, as always, um, you could make a deal to save time in the parks and stop all that signing of of autographs which drives me at times crazy i mean it seems like it must be every single character so let's say you go to akasus 
at Epcot, you have princesses galore. They come to your table. You get the picture taken. You can have the autograph. And maybe, you know, in exchange, tell the kids the next day, we're just going to visit a park without standing in line for every character. Um, so the other one that I really like <clears throat> a lot is um, food-wise house when it comes to combination of characters and the food buffet there it's it's a bit it's not just for the kids it's all you know versus chef mickey which is a little bit too yeah, much chef mickey it, is a and so wild for the kids and uh, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit like i said chef Mickey's okay good point <laughs> <laughs> it is for kids Derek's um, you know so um uh but most of all so that those are when you when you invest time in eating. For the rest, I really would reduce the time I spend in restaurants uh, versus the time that you can spend in the park. It's hot; they don't want to eat uh, <laughs> in any way. Uh, another good thing is portions at Disney, even in the um, over-the-counter restaurants, are quite large. So um, kids' portions can be shared or one adult person and, and you share it with kids and Disney doesn't make a, a story about that. I order kids portions at restaurants. Plenty of french fries oh. on those kids meals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really are. Yeah. Or you can get the cookie. I mean, it's a fantastic yeah. prepackaged cookie. <laughs> I think you made a really good point though. Don't try anything new. Kids always <laughs> like brown food, chicken nugget and french fries. If that's what they want, just go for it. It's not the you moment. don't want it's not the time to have a fight yeah. or like, "Hey, try this kale sandwich." No, just let them eat so they'll be happy <laughs> and in the long run, you're going to be happy. So yeah, we kind of let our kids eat whatever. If they want goldfish on their macaroni, then go to Garden Grill and get goldfish on the macaroni. Right. I think the only exception that I would put to this rule is during food and wine or any of the Epcot events where you have food booths, which is quite all the time so, now. Yeah, 90% of the year. And if you, and if you are have a staying on property with a meal plan, use those snack credits for food at the booth. And then you can introduce kids to food from different countries mm -hmm. and see if they like it versus, you know, a sit down meal uh, in a French restaurant. And they're like, just, Oh my God, I don't want to eat that. So that is a good opportunity to introduce them to different food, but only at that point. Yeah. That's a good time to do that. The food boost. We've also liked to have the kids try like one thing at the family style restaurants, like <laughs> Ohana or garden grill um, whereas family style. So like if they try some noodles and they don't like it, oh, well, their chicken nuggets are coming. Yeah. Right. So that's one thing we also on the cruise ships, we really encourage the exploration of food because the next <laughs> course is coming right after. If you don't eat it, right. it and, and us. you can even just, when you know the menu of the other restaurants, even though it's not your rotation uh -huh. day, they'll bring it to you. Yeah. It's Unfortunately, all good. My kids know that about the cruise ship. So, like, they'll sit down on the first night. And, like, my oldest daughter still orders off the kids' menu. She doesn't even look at it. She just tells them, like, what she wants. And they look at her like, okay, all right, we'll, we'll go find that. <laughs> Your kids, they're, they're spoiled, Doug. Some, sometimes I think some kids get a little too spoiled going to Disney because 
Yeah, oh, now my man. kids talk about it on a daily basis. Hey, when's our next Disney trip? Um, well, tell them to start their own countdown with their own money. They, yeah, so they chip that's... in like a dollar. Olivia loses a tooth. It's like, hey, I'll chip in this dollar. I'm like, oh, that's going a long way. That's a one French fry at any one of the restaurants. So speaking of restaurants, what would you say some of your uh, top few that you recommend for uh, families? For family, again, uh, Tosca House is really, Tosca House is, I think, a nice restaurant for families to go. The buffet has something for everybody, and it's it's good quality food. Um, Ohana would be another choice, definitely, that I, that I would go for, um, because, again, everybody gets something. Maybe not the breakfast, but the dinner, yeah, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. plenty of meat for everybody. And yet, they have everything children like. Yep. The chicken nuggets are plentiful, if needed. Yeah, because the prices are about the same. I really, you know, I'm not a big fan anymore of Chef Mickey's. It's just too wild. And the quality of the food recently hasn't been the same. One thing, tip-wise, with dining that I know my wife struggles with with her clients, um, like they really want Chef Mickey's and say they decide this two months Mm -hmm. out from their trip, right? So what times are available? The 9.30 at night, you know, and she's like, it's not worth doing at 9.30 at night. Do you think trying to to keep your meals around a similar time to when you eat at home is good too for kids? Mm -hmm. I think so, too. I mean, obviously, it depends what you're planning for the next day. But, I mean, grown-ups don't want to eat late, late at night either. And uh, you're just going to have cranky kids there sitting, being hungry, hungry. First of all, they're very hungry. Or you have given in and let them snuck whatever they wanted because they are so hungry around five. And then they don't want to eat anything. And instead of being able to enjoy this meal, you are basically hurrying through it because they're falling asleep mm-hmm. yep. or get, you know, a little unruly. Oh, a little crabby. <laughs> Not going to lie. I did some people watching this last week at the mm-hmm. Contemporary and watching yeah. the Chef Mickey crowd roll in and out late at night. Mm-hmm. Fantastic people watching. It was it was sadly a disaster every which way. And you, then you think about how much they paid for crabby kids, sleeping kids, and you're mm-hmm. not eating there for you. Nope. You're eating there for the kids. Yep. And right. I mean, at times they have a hard time to keep that buffet neat because it, mm-hmm. it, it looked, the last time I went, it was just really out of control. Um, food everywhere on the floor and the, the cast members were just running around trying to pick up the spills that we're pretty much all over. It's a busy place. You don't want to know how early they put the breakfast out before people arrive. <laughs> oh, I don't want to know that answer. But I spent no. some time looking over the railing straight down at it while the kids were getting ready at rope drop time. So enough of food. Enough, enough of food. <laughs> let's talk uh, Let's talk touring a little bit. What are some of the strategies you would give families for uh, touring the parks? Well, the first one is the same one that we say in every of our books get up early start your day early okay yes that's right yes 
Rub drop. There is no way around it. I thought the first tip would be to buy your book and use the chewing plants in the back, but okay, I'll go with rope. Drop. Rope drop's a good one. <laughs> rope drop, rope drop. I mean, the touring plants. I mean, if I say that, there are touring plans for sleepyheads, you know? I mean, there's a bit of everything. But obviously, you have to have a plan. But the, the best rope drop, there is no way around it. 30 to 45 minutes, depending on the part, minimum. Be there. Be ready. Have this park map in hand. Uh, make sure you grab at least, you know, a time sheet if you haven't checked all that before which i usually do um the next thing is if it's at all possible with kids do not tour two days in a row try to put something in the next day that is not a theme park and i still even consider a water park a theme park but it's still more relaxing. You can, a water park, you can go depending the year. You don't have to be there when it opens. And if the kids are small, they're in any way not going on Summit Plummet. I mean, they're not going to do that. But they will enjoy it. They will splash around, have a good time. And then maybe you can eat a meal outside of the world for a change or um, go to do your shopping if that's what you like to do at Disney Springs or do something completely different. Uh, even and, and if you stay at a resort who has so much to offer, um, why not make a resort day? I mean, it really helps in getting kids less um, upset <laughs> and tired. I push my kids. Tired. I push them so hard you when push we're at the park. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Well, because we do like short trips. We'll do like these three-day yeah. bursts. And so it's no, rope drop at park closed three days in a row. My kids are uh, asleep on the airplane home. They'll catch up when they go. Yeah, it's... Well, and that was my third trip. Please do not do 12-hour days. Don't do it. Don't do it to yourself. Don't do it to the kids. Yeah, well, we're spending all that money. We're yeah, so I don't recommend my advice. That's just no, what I do. Advices. That's yeah. That's that's do me. Do what he says, not what he does. I actually do <laughs> what I say by taking the breaks. We took like we took a five hour break one day on this last trip, but with these extra extra magic hours they had through <laughs> September. Yeah. It was insanely early every day. Like rope drop was at seven a.m. Oh, seven a.m. Yep. At Magic Kingdom, mm. Animal Kingdom, 6 a.m. Hall. It was just so that we doesn't work. so early, but it was amazing what we got done by nine. That's so, true. I mean, we ate at the Contempo. One day we waited for the Contempo Cafe to open for lunch. <laughs> That's how early we were back. And yeah. then we didn't leave till we went to a dinner reservation. So, yeah, we were burning the candle early and late because we were wanting to watch fireworks. But we took a solid four, yeah. five-hour break. Yeah. Now that those extra, extra magic hours are gone, the lines at Hollywood Studios and Star Wars are not so magical as I predicted. The extra three hours of operations was pretty awesome. I'm glad they did that, and I'm glad I got to experience mm-hmm. it. Because today looked disastrous. Oh, yeah. I saw some pictures. Yeah. I, I have a question. Yeah. What age yeah. do you feel like kids can start navigating the parks by themselves? Well, you see, I think every parent has a different view of how comfortable they are in letting their kids do 
something by themselves. However, if there's any place where I would feel comfortable doing so with a teenager, certainly it would be Disney because um, it is quite a safe place for your children to do things on their own. And for as long as you put rules down in the sense of um, meeting for meals, uh, latest time that they can go back and make sure that they are aware that transportation takes time. Um, I think uh, it, it, it is okay to let uh, teenagers roam the parks by themselves. Now, my daughter, who's going to listen to this, just heard that she's going to be 14 when this comes out, yeah. basically. So she'll be she'll be lobbying for alone time. I would, would like, yeah, yeah. But she has younger <laughs> siblings, so I don't know that we send the twelve year old with the fourteen year old. No, I don't think I would do that either. I mean, that's also putting a lot of responsibility mm -hmm. up on her. I think we uh, are the to the point where we send her to the bathroom on her own while we're waiting <laughs> for happily ever after. Okay. Which she got back. She made it back. And of course, in her, she is the one teenager that's not glued to her phone. She left it just sitting on the, the ground right where her butt mm -hmm. was. She mm -hmm. just left her phone. She walks off into the crowd, possibly never to be seen again, but we have her phone. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, except for the parents' comfort, it also obviously is a matter of how mature a child is. Mm -hmm. Some, some are... Generally, I think uh, girls are a little more mature than boys when they boys yes. in, in, at that age. <laughs> but uh, understatement of the. Yeah. But uh, you, you don't at, trust 14, Alden yet. I did allow my son alone. Yeah. I you know Alden's a very peculiar case. I think I would trust Alden. His friends? Oh no, no. His friends are the most questionable humans on earth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I got to ask a follow-up question because we've talked about when do you let your kids go by themselves? You have a chapter in the book I probably should have read before my last trip, and it's mm -hmm. losing kids in the park, something I didn't know uh, we would ever do, but we did lose a child for just a few minutes. For some reason, he decided to walk into 50s Prime while we were walking down uh, in Hollywood Studios and kind of freaked out for a minute and found him standing in 50s Prime. But uh, what do you do if, uh, especially parents are probably worried they're going to lose their kid. What do you uh, what do you talk about in that chapter? Well, we, we basically give you all kind of tips how to uh, um, mark your children, <laughs> which you could do. I mean, little ones, definitely you would benefit on having labels in their clothes with... Um, name and the phone number of the parent that would be one thing i mean i've seen parents going as far as having uh you know there there are actually um non-permanent tattoos that you can put on children's arm but the most important thing is to number one reiterate to the child try to make him remember name phone number name of parents and then to point out what a cast member is, how a cast member looks like, and how you can recognize each cast member at the little sign. Uh, and if you do lose your child, then obviously um, you too go to the first cast mem member you can find, and they usually can um, radio 
to the lost and found because it is a matter of um, you know children children sometimes trust strangers quite um, quite too much I've lost Idan, my son, when he was little, and I did get him back at the water park, and he was happily eating an ice cream that a complete stranger had given him just to make him stop crying while looking for mommy. And I was terrified <laughs> that he had accepted that. <laughs> you know, instead Kids will of accept ice cream. I've I that. told him yeah. to do and not to do and to go to a cast member and to repeat his name and the phone number. I mean, I was grateful, of course, that somebody took care of him and then um, found me and the cast member pretty much at the same time. And I must also tell you that cast member usually keep parents a little bit apart from the child if it has been delivered to their to their uh, care <laughs> because some parents get so upset that they want to make sure the parent is just happy to have the kid back before mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back <laughs> into their care so um but but yes i mean another way that i felt is is, is really good is if if you have several children just have clothes that match. Oh, matching t-shirts, Doug. Take, 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 take yeah. a picture of your For kids the in the morning, how they look like when yeah. when you go to the park. It's really important and it's an easy thing to do um, because the more fun and you can ask, you can get your kids involved in designing those t-shirts or whatever it is. And it's just easier also to just in the morning lay out. This is what you wear. Go ahead. It's a little more difficult with teenagers, I know. But, you know, you're the one buying the clothes, so they'll get right. it. <laughs> That's why we all wore those rope drop definition shirts the one day, Derek, in case I got lost, they could find me. Hey, that was a good look. I really liked how those uh, turned out. And so I know we yeah. have some people comment. You can buy them on our store. Yeah. There you go. Quick and plug. you can all match wearing um, rope drop shirts. But uh, with... So now my kids are older to where they can navigate the parks. They they know where everything's at in all four parks down there. They're a little sketchier at Disneyland, but they got Disney World down. So now if we have we get separated, we have a very specific meeting point right, in each park. And uh, we remind them of that as we enter most times. Maybe not. We I mean, we hop a lot, so maybe not every time we go in a park. But if somebody were to be looking at something a little longer and we keep on moving because my yeah. wife does not slow down and smell any roses, there's no roses to be <laughs> seen or smelled. So sometimes my my uh, youngest daughter and I tend to do that. So if she were to happen to do that and I didn't at the same time, she knows where to, she's lost, yeah. go to this meeting point, tell a cast member, and hopefully yeah. one of us will be arriving there. And you can't just say in front of the castle no it needs That's to be very it. specific yeah. and don't whatever under no circum don't leave the park mm -hmm. because that is one of the biggest problem most kids actually a huge amount of kids get lost at um, the studios when um exiting um fantastic That's oh yeah one that of makes the, sense it's so dark the right things, there for like you know dark that makes sense. And, you know, so that goes very fast. Another terrible place to lose your kids is uh, the bathrooms between um, in the Magic Kingdom, where they can exit in different side 
of the park, oh, yeah. which yeah. it's really, really, um, but like you say, it needs to be very specific where to meet and, uh, and then just stay there. I mean, it might take a while for everybody to, to reunite, but definitely don't leave the park. I suggested a, the, where you get Dole Whip to meet. <laughs> but then I worry like they'll start just disappearing so that like they can get right. Dole Whip on the reunion. I'm just assuming that's oh. where, you know, they know if that's you where get lost. Me. Yeah. That's where I I'm assuming you get lost all the time from Michelle. She's just gone, and you're like, yeah, I'll just go get Dole Whip. Well, they go on all the roller coasters. I do not. So that's when I go have my personal Dole Whip time. So that's where they find me quite often. I don't need the roller coasters. <laughs> you're not a fan? No, it, not good with my tummy. Bad things yeah. happen. Um, mm mm-hmm. Not that I don't enjoy them. It's that others around me don't enjoy me while oh, I'm I not enjoying it. them. Nope. Brings no, me you joy. Don't <laughs> me being miserable? Yep, brings me joy somehow. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, he, he has forced me onto Space Mountain and recorded it. Yep. Everyone to listen to. And our listeners enjoyed it, too. They took a, so they Billy, took a poll. It, was, it wasn't they, me that forced you on. That's true. Our, so the next true. trip that we do in June, we'll have another one that we do uh, for that. Mm. So got to take make, – and then I got to have a meeting place for Doug if he gets lost trying to run away from whatever he has to do. So, no, that's <laughs> some really good advice. And, and yes, we, yeah, putting bracelets and uh, writing phone numbers on kids' arms and stuff, I think that's – uh, very key anymore because everyone's got a cell phone and an Apple Watch, so yeah, 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 and and you know, and the and and trusting the kids with the phone, yeah, mm. yeah. not not necessary. Just a good microchip idea. into the kids anymore? That's I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> not yet. Okay, the world's not ready for that yet, no. Eric. No, I'm certainly not. So, but yes, there are so many different ways that that you can do things that are helpful to um, to make sure that they don't get lost. Awesome. Well, I think one other thing, touring-wise, like I said, in the book, there's all kinds of touring plans mm-hmm. in the back of the book. Definitely treat those with respect. Use them, rope drop them, and you will be in great shape um, if you use the touring plans found in the back and they even, you can cut them right out. No one gets offended if you cut up the book and take the little sections that you need. That's why it's so big. So you can cut it apart. Yes. And the touring plans in the kids book are really just designed for that book. They are not the same than you have in the big book. There you go. Special. So, all right. I think it's time for the lightning round. The lightning round. (laughs) All right. So this is where we ask you a series of questions um, it's a lightning round of your dis- favorite Disney or Pixar mm-hmm. or whatever Disney umbrella you need to fall <laughs> under um, to answer. And we do keep score, but there are no winners, just losers. I don't know. We, we really don't keep score. There's no score. Don't worry. All right. All right. So what is your favorite Disney movie? Brave. Brave. Excellent choice. That's, I don't think we've heard that one yet. I don't yet, think Darren. we have either. I like it though. All right, favorite Disney character? That's easy. It is Merida. Merida. All right. Now, is that because of the the red hair? Is that 
No, it really is one of those first princesses I could relate to, and it doesn't happy end in happily ever after, yeah. and she doesn't have to marry <laughs> yeah. to become a Disney princess. I and and she's funky and 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 wild. I like, I like it. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like it. Great answer. So. All right, favorite. Disney villain. They are much more old-fashioned. I I love the minor um, villains. So I love um, Ka from the Jungle Book. Okay. Oh, yep. And then uh, I I really like the humor of Lago <laughs> from okay. Aladdin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he's he's bad. He he's is. Funny. <laughs> so he's funny. Um, All right, I like that. All right, favorite Disney song? Uh, yeah, that's going to be something. We go on. We go on. Illumination. Oh. I mean, this this song is just it for me. Always so, was. So you sadly miss Illuminations? Well, I'm, I'm always excited for something new. It just has to be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when it comes to... Um, Evening shows, fireworks, uh, I would call it. I like lots of kabooms, so don't come with all that laser stuff permanently. So you're not a Rivers of Light fan, then? I like the original version better than the second one. Oh, and it would have been much better if they had successfully been able to do it what they had planned, mm. to, obviously. Yeah. But Rivers of Light is not a good example in the sense of I don't want fireworks in the animal kingdom. That doesn't work. Okay. <laughs> Animals. Animals uh, don't like fireworks. Uh, no. uh, maybe they love them. <laughs> yeah, who knows? We don't know. We'll never. I know. don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but if it is a, a show with fireworks, I don't like laser projection and I mean projection on castles and laser shows to replace the traditional. Fireworks. I love fireworks. Okay. And yes, that song is actually very moving. All right, it is. All right, favorite. Uh, oh, favorite Disney park. Uh, well, as a parent, I would obviously say the Magic Kingdom, but for me myself, it's Epcot. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Favorite classic attraction? You define classic however you want. <laughs> the Haunted Mansion. There we go. That's that's actually a classic. <laughs> All right. We knew we had some un- younger guests on when they said, like, rock and roller coaster. Oh, yeah, that did happen a few times. Yeah, uh, a few that made me sad on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Favorite modern attraction? Well, until I see the rise of the resistance, it will be being a Star Wars fan. Um, I, I really liked the Millennium Falcon ride. <laughs> I thought it was absolutely wonderful. It, Everything it, I expected it to be. What's your favorite position? Oh, I like to shoot stuff. Oh, there we go. Gunner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, I mean, obviously the fact to be in the front and pull that level just to get into uh, light speed you have to do it at least once, but oh, yeah, yeah. I, I like to shoot stuff. <laughs> so. yeah. All my kids got to pull the lever once. Yes. 
I did everything once and I once managed to fly that thing by myself with nobody around and I had to put the other positions on whatever autopilot and it was really fun to be alone in, in, in the ship. That's cool. It was fun yeah. for our family of five to have the cockpit all to ourselves yes, because right. the, the kids just yelled at each other the entire time. <laughs> Every time we run into something, they're like screaming at each other, like, pull up, pull up, like constructive criticism, definitely constructive. Yes, I can see how that can get very intense. It was yeah. fun. Yes. My wife filmed all of it. It was pretty hilarious. Yeah. All right. Um, favorite resort? Well, um, the favorite resort, like I said earlier on, I like old Key West. I really do. So, um, because I do like going back to resort and decompress. Mm -hmm. um, I am excited, however, to see the Riviera. So, from what I've seen so far, it looks like it will be something that I enjoy. Mm -hmm. And on the Skyliner is yeah. going to be nice as yes. well. Mm -hmm. so. But this is for me personally. I would, yes. you know, mm -hmm. But even with kids, Oki West is a very calming, <laughs> calming resort. We'll, we'll see what our kids think of the Riviera. I think we have a night there in December. Yeah. Just, just okay. one, unfortunately. That's all we got on our... That is so trip. little for such a resort with right? so much yeah. to see. That's the yep. problem. Yeah. All right. Favorite counter service restaurant? I like when Disney comes up with food that isn't the same old same. So I would say Satuli's Canteen. Mm. Oh, I agree. That's yep. Doug and I's. Yep. Well. I, I yep. love it. She won the lightning round already. Yep. Good. Okay. I favorite, <laughs> favorite table service. Um, here I have to say that's just for grown-ups. Even though I've seen kids there. But Tiffin's. That's my favorite. I've yet. I've I've yet to either. We might have to do that one in June. I need to fix that. It's too yeah. close to Satuli's Canteen. That I always choose one over the other. Well, you don't do it on the same day, and that's a perfect restaurant for a parents' night out, really. All right, now the most important question: favorite Disney snack? Ah, <laughs> uh, I like the um, chocolate-covered frozen bananas. I don't think there's a first that answer yet. there. Yeah, I, I, there yeah, I check the, the frozen bananas list. Very nice. Favorite drink while at the world? Mm, I like all the margaritas that they serve from Cava de Tequila. Yes. Um, sorry. Um, yeah, Cava. Yeah. yeah. Michelle has a new friend. Yes. <laughs> My wife. Yep. I do love the margaritas. It's 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 very good quality stuff. So. And that concludes the lightning the round. round. Congratulations. Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> now I'm ready to go to La Cava. Let's, uh... I know. I need some chips and queso and mm -hmm. <sighs> okay. really good margaritas. I'll get a snack now. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on Rope Drop Radio. Why don't you take a minute right now and plug your book and where they can find you <laughs> and all the good things. Well, you can find the unofficial guide to Walt Disney World with kids and all, all our unofficial guys actually pretty much everywhere where good books are sold because I'm a big believer in indie bookstores uh, and obviously uh, online. Um, I would definitely say that if you want to find out more about all the guides, 
go to the unofficialguide.com. And if you want to know what I do, except for just uh, writing the guidebook, uh, liliantales.com is a website where you can check out my latest uh, freelance work. Your Twitter is really good to follow, and you tweet a lot for the unofficial guide. Yes. You are an excellent <laughs> photographer, by the way. I put really horrible pictures on Twitter. You put good pictures on Twitter. I so. love to take pictures. It's really one of my most favorite things to do, and I'm always happy when I manage to get one of my pictures on the cover of the book. The kids' book cover is my picture. Uh -huh. um, the big book cover is also my picture this year and uh, the yet to come unofficial guide to Universal Orlando will be uh, having my picture with Hagrid's ride of course uh, on nice. the cover so and Doug's it doesn't always right there. work and yep. it takes no, no one hours can see it, sometimes <laughs> I know well I'm holding it and it's a better picture than anything I'll ever take as the listeners know I am not a photographer and I will put your information in the show notes as well so our listeners can go there. And, Doug, I think you'll get an Amazon link set up for uh, our book, blog, website, yeah. website. So you can go yeah. onto our website and click, and then we might get a dollar from the book. But uh, it is Thanks, a – whatever it is that we get. But, uh, no, it's just – it's a phenomenal book, and they're really great, and you can get them every year. So it comes out next one in March. No, when, when so that's, no that's the book comes right. up. That's when we start writing, right, so. um, and uh, the book usually is published in the mid to end of August. That's and that needs to be out. changed every month because Disney likes to change things constantly. I get it. Well, when we do a reprint, we actually try to add uh, changes unless they are so huge that it would take the entire cover uh, page count. Uh, I, out of I can't imagine yes, what you guys do. have been doing for <laughs> testing and learning for just Star Wars in itself. <laughs> yes. Well, this is why we still do guidebooks, right? Absolutely. It would be a killer if they don't. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, thank you very thank much. Thank you so much for being on the show. And if you'd like to take a magical Disney vacation, you got a book with the Rope Drop Queen. She's probably running around Walt Disney World right now, uh, dragging kids as well. She's been doing that for a lot of years, Doug. You might find a lot Doug, of years. Doug will be lost with a uh, cell phone number on his arm to get a hold of Michelle. So if you see Doug and need to get a hold of Michelle, <laughs> look for that number on Doug's arm. Uh, and that's... That's where you'll find him or at the Dole Whip stand. So, yes, tell your kids, meet at the Dole Whip stand. I love it. Uh, Lillian, thank you so much for being on this week's episode. It's great to hear about it, and uh, I think it's really important stuff. Thank you, Doc and Derek. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was lot, great. Our pleasure. Fun. It was great, and hopefully no one loses a kid at Walt Disney World. I know how nerve-wracking that can be, but, uh, yeah, we're going to – yeah, awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much, listeners. We are going to record our Patreon episode, so if you'd like to support Rope Drop Radio, go into the show notes and click that Patreon link, and you can help support the show getting bonus episodes and swag and all sorts of fun things. But that is all the time that we have. So for Lillian and Doug, I'm Derek, and you've been listening to Rope Drop Radio.